and welcome to Screen Cleaning, the show that is all about shining a spotlight on all that is good and entertainment. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. And we are here each and every week to give you the very best in entertainment news, entertainment uh, topics, and today we Entertainment food, of course. Oh, yeah, and... I'm glad you brought that up, Cole, because that's going to be a major theme on today's show as we approach the Thanksgiving holiday. The, the holiday that really exists to celebrate food. As Absolutely. Far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And thanks and, you know, America or whatever it is that Thanksgiving's about. But really, it's, it's food. Yeah. Do you have any standard uh, Thanksgiving exercises or things that you do to train your body to accept as much food as it possibly can. The the trick is that you can't fast, right? Like you yeah. have to keep your stomach elastic, eat just normal leading up to it, and then what you do is that morning, maybe a bowl of cereal, but Thanksgiving dinner should happen right around 3 when the Cowboys game comes on, right? Sleep through the Lions, <laughs> sleep through the Lions in the morning, wake up for the Cowboys or so, watch that with Thanksgiving dinner. And then you have, like, the nightcap afterwards. Yeah, and sometimes people get out the crackers and cheese as a snack leading into Thanksgiving. I will say, though, I'm so disappointed in myself, Cole, because the older I get, the less I seem to be able to eat at Thanksgiving dinner. I remember as a kid— You're just not a growing boy anymore. I know, right? As a kid, though— I would go back for seconds and thirds. Now, granted, I wasn't putting stuffing, cranberry sauce, anything like that. And I'm still not putting cranberry sauce on my plate. Once I married into my wife's family, there were all these other sides that had never been a part of my Thanksgiving. We kind of just stuck with the basic, you know, corn, mashed potatoes, turkey. Rolls. You got some casseroles now, green bean varieties. Mm, I, I stay three I different kinds stay of away potatoes. From those. But we do have. This uh, really good savory sweet potato, but it's like a sweet potato au gratin recipe. Uh-oh. So good. Uh-huh. And then we also, uh, to balance that out, we have like a very sugary sweet potato casserole that is basically dessert. It seems like dessert, right? You have yeah. to wait for, and then I'm a pumpkin pie guy, especially around this time mm. of the year. And so that's that's always my go-to dessert. Even there's like five different kinds of pie when I go to my grandparents' house. I'm the pumpkin one. Like, I take about half the pumpkin pie, and everyone else just kind of splits the lemon meringues and chocolates and everything else. I'm getting hungry, even though I've had lunch, but we that usually... That is the point of the show today, right. Jeff. If you're starting to get hungry, it's going to get worse from here on out. <laughs> we don't normally spend this much time talking about food, but this time it definitely fits. And although it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to just talk about food on screen cleaning, we've been able to identify a good movie entertainment twist to put on it that uh, will get you thinking about the movies and get you thinking about your Thanksgiving dinner. If you thought Jeff and I's description of our Thanksgivings sounds appetizing and gets your mouth watering, then go back and watch on the screen some of these appetizing foods. And that's what we're talking about today to start with, is we're going to build our Thanksgiving dinner, and then we're going to take a short break, and we're going to talk about who we're inviting to our Thanksgiving dinner from the movies. Okay. And we also want to recognize... Mickey Randall, who's going to join us for this conversation. Mickey, welcome. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for your help in preparing this episode. And I am super excited to hear about both the types of foods that you want in your Thanksgiving dinner that have been portrayed in movies, not necessarily Thanksgiving movies, but also some of the foods that you would not like to see on your table this Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I think we'll just go around the table 
And in lieu of saying something that we're grateful for, we'll say something we're hungry for. that we're hungry yeah, for all right. from these these movies. All right. So, uh, Mickey, why don't we start with you? Great. I would love to go first because I'm not sure if either of you have seen this movie. Okay. Okay. Spirited Away. Oh, my gosh. I have okay. not seen it. Literally everything in this movie. Yeah. looks good. I'm talking specifically about this feast at the beginning, the forbidden feast the parents aren't supposed to eat, but they do anyway. Every time I look at that, I say, you know what? I might have a taste of that as well, even though it wasn't for them. Studio Ghibli films are so pretty, and people think about the landscapes, but food has never looked prettier than in Spirited Away. Isn't pretty much everything at the Thanksgiving table forbidden? I mean, (laughs) you're looking at the food that you're eating, and it's like, under no other circumstances would I eat this unhealthily, right? But we make a holiday of it. Right. But we wouldn't (laughs) want to give Spirited Away away, so we won't say why you wouldn't want to eat this Okay. Spoiler. I've got to see the movie, and maybe I've got to check out that forbidden food as well. Studio Ghibli stuff is uh, HBO Max. That's where you can find those. All right. I I divvied my three picks into the three courses of Thanksgiving. I've got an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. And so we'll start off with an appetizer. Um, I'm pretty much a hobbit. I don't know. I'm short. I've got curly brown hair. um, And if I'm awake, I'm hungry. And so my appetizer is the elven limbus bread. Even though Mm. one bite is supposed to sustain a man for his entire journey. I was going to say, you're not going to be hungry. (laughs) The hobbits start taking it down, right? And so I I feel like I eat enough as well. This uh, this is my kind of grain. This is the fiber in my diet. I'm going to start off with some limbus bread. Okay. So you know how in pretty much every movie or commercial for the holidays, you have this picturesque turkey that is just glistening and shining. And on the ends of the- they like paint it with a lacquer? Maybe, yeah. And you <laughs> see those little uh, chef's hats that you see on the little yeah, turkey the legs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a scene in The Santa Claus- where uh, Tim Allen has his son for the weekend. He's like, okay, should we make this Thanksgiving dinner or this Christmas dinner, something like that? And the camera just glides across across this table, and there are all these really delicious-looking sides, but then you see the turkey, and it's one of those turkeys that I just described to you that just looks so amazing and picture-perfect. And then the camera pans out, And you realize that they were shooting a TV screen and that what's actually happening in Tim Allen's kitchen (laughs) is that he's using a fire extinguisher to put out his burnt turkey. Mm. And then there's that kind of funny but also really depressing, sad scene where he takes his son to Denny's and he sees all the other single dads that are there that uh, Christmas dinner didn't work out for them either. But uh, that is the turkey that I've always wanted. I've always dreamed about it. And I think we've come close a couple of times, but it certainly has never looked as good as it does in the movies. Hmm. Okay. My next one's not quite as Thanksgiving-y themed as that one is, but I still have always wanted to eat it. It's a Krabby Patty from SpongeBob, Mm. and I want SpongeBob to make it, and I want (laughs) Squidward to be the cashier. Really? Yes. Okay. Dumb. Now, what is a Krabby Patty exactly? Is there anything? Exactly. That's the, that's the sound. <laughs> Does anything special come on it or is it pretty standard? It just looks really good. And the episode where they make the multicolored ones, 
to die for. So the, the point is, there's a Krabby Patty secret formula that we don't know. Right. So we can't oh. know what makes, what it, makes so it good. Great. Now, when you order it, does it show up all soggy since it's served under the sea? Not if they also have fire in <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob. So. Okay. I don't know if physics are really that important yeah. in the SpongeBob. He's right. a talking universe. sponge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your next pick, there, Cole? All right, I'm going to stick with animation because the the thing that's always looked the most appetizing to me from a cartoon is actually the the brontosaurus ribs that they come out on from oh, fast food and, yeah. and plop down on Fred Flintstone's side of his car <laughs> and they're so huge and so awesome that they just like tip the car over i like with the bellhop gal coming out on skates to give it to me and that that would be my main course that's the entree of my dinner you know it's interesting because before we started recording i told you guys that the older i get you know the less hungry i am or the uh Really, the less I crave certain foods, like I never thought I'd be at a point in my life where I wouldn't crave ice cream, you mm-hmm. know? And there was a period of my in my life where I would crave foods that were on screen simply because the actors were doing such a good job of making it seem like it was the best thing that they'd ever tasted. And now, unfortunately, I'm kind of at an age in my life where the most thing the thing that I crave the most if I see somebody sleeping, like snuggling up in a bed, I'm so jealous. That's all I want to do. And I sit there thinking, why are we watching this movie when we could be sleeping? You know? <laughs> but there is a scene in a fantasy, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, called Defending Your Life, where it's uh, this period after death, but before you move on, and they never really define what moving on is. But uh, Albert Brooks's character goes into this diner. He can order whatever he want and, uh, you know, eat as much as you like, they say. And he picks up this piece of sausage. He doesn't even have uh, doesn't even have time to finish it because his caseworker, which is a whole other thing, comes to collect him. But he has this giant plate of food that is ready, lickety split like that. He takes one bite of the sausage link and he's just salivating is like, oh, this is the best food I've ever had, right? And there are a couple of things that I like about that. I like the speed in which the food is served, but I also like the fact that not only is it the tastiest food that I can imagine, not necessarily sausage links, but this food in this judgment city is what it's called, but also the big thing, the big uh, novelty of the food in judgment city is that you can eat however much you want and not gain any weight. Mm, that's, that's what I want. <laughs> I would go with the food yeah. from Judgment City and Defending Your Life. I mean, it makes me think Soul's coming out this holiday season onto Disney Plus, right? And so it makes in the trailer you got him like trying to eat pizza, and it just you know runs right through him because <laughs> the the point of that one is it's some kind of sort of like afterlife and before life kind of area where they don't have bodies, and so they're just these amoeba forms that can't really eat. So he doesn't yeah. get the joy of that food, which makes me remind uh, reminds me of how much I enjoy food. Okay, Mickey. Okay, my next one's a dessert. This is from the part in Matilda when the mom wins bingo, and so they go to a fancy restaurant. Oh, we just watched this. Yes, it's a great one to watch with kids. Probably my favorite movie when I was a kid. And something happens, somebody trips, and the dessert cart ends up, like, flying everywhere, and one of the desserts lands right in front of Matilda, and the fork lands right on top of it. And then she has a bite of it, 
And I think she says yum or something. But whatever dessert that is, it's like a tart, I think, it with whipped really cream. Good. It looks amazing. For a moment, I thought you were going to say the chocolate cake that that oh, poor kid has to eat no, in front of the whole you. school. That looks <laughs> That awful. much of anything would be a miserable experience. Yeah. When it comes to dessert, I kind of got dibs on the movie example, and that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, For yeah. me, it is the moment when they open that first door and you just see this this beautiful landscape and chocolate river of just every kind of sweet. It's you the can chocolate imagine. room. It's the chocolate room. And it's not all chocolate even. Right. You just run in and you just, people just start yeah. picking things off the trees or eating every, everything is edible. Even I am edible. But <laughs> edible. <laughs> eatable. Eatable. You can't, can't quite figure out how to pronounce it in that movie. Yeah. But it just the way that movie opens up and we talk about like the acting that goes into making us believe that this food is good. But the way they use cinematography to just show us. That of course this is the best dessert you can possibly. Oh, imagine. with pure imagination playing in the mm-hmm. background, it mm-hmm. really just makes that a magical experience. And that's not even like the only Willy Wonka. Oh yeah, stuff. The right? opening everything. credits, the opening credits the, of that movie make me salivate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, Wonka bars, everlasting gobstoppers, the fizzy lifting drink, which is what I would also have. That's ooh, my honorable mention. Like the the belching part, or just the fizzy part <laughs> the, of it. I want the the flying thing. Okay. That's what I. All right. I want to be able to feel that that light after eating all of the other food that I put into this Thanksgiving dinner. Mine, uh, I have an honorable mention uh, that was actually brought up on the show last week, and it was in our episode about uh, that had our TV sitcom bracket. And if you want to hear the results of that, go back, look up the greatest sitcom bracket ever, and uh, you'll find out who won. But you'll also hear about a delightful sandwich that none of us have tried, but we all admitted, that sounds really good. And it's the Liz Lemon from 30 Rock, which has pastrami, turkey, Swiss cheese, Russian dressing, and kettle-cooked potato chips, all on fluffy rye bread. If we're talking sandwiches, I think a Dagwood, which is named after Dagwood from the Blondie comics, it just like piling um, stuff after stuff after stuff sure. or even what Scooby and Shaggy will just like mm. compress and just like stick all in their mouth even though it's <laughs> yeah. taller than they are. But if I my, – my third and final choice is actually anything on the tables of Hogwarts mm. because again, not only does it all look amazing but it appears out of thin air. And who wouldn't like to skip all the preparation? There and just are hardworking the house elves making that possible for you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> if you would read the books, <laughs> then, yes. then you would know. Okay. Now, those we've talked about the foods that we salivate over and that we, we dream about having on our Thanksgiving table. But what are the foods from movies that we really don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole? Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of the Grinch, right. <laughs> what about uh, the roast beef? I, beast I would like to. I would like to try the roast beast. I'll it's not as bad as it. it's not as bad as the things on my list. I can tell you that. Right, my first choice. I would definitely take the roast beast over what I'm about to say. This is. Um, I don't know if you've seen us, and definitely parental warning on that one. Be careful Jordan if you're going to watch it. Jordan horror movie. Yeah. yeah, but they, the people that live underground, have to eat like raw rabbit. Hmm. And I, I think I would pass on the on You're the raw rabbit. Okay. Oh, I talked a lot about like animation and how it can make things look really good. There's a lot of foods that I don't like in real life, like spinach and carrots, that 
Popeye and Bugs Bunny made look they amazing. They swear by it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I thought would be good until I tried it in actuality. And then, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, whenever, whenever they're, you know, she's first getting introduced and Be Our Guest is playing. And and he he says, the, the chandelier or the, the candelabra there, Lumineer, says, try the gray stuff. It's delicious. It doesn't look delicious. Guys. No, it doesn't. It's, it's just You're kind right. of a gray blob. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I don't want to try that. Okay. Well, mine is actually something that I found a recipe for online. Somebody did a copycat recipe of it. And uh, it might be every child's dream, but probably every adult's nightmare. And it's Buddy the Elf's breakfast spaghetti (laughs) from the movie Elf. And this recipe suggests one serving of spaghetti, chocolate syrup, maple syrup, a quarter cup of red and green M&Ms, a half a cup of mini marshmallows, one tablespoon of rainbow sprinkles, and one chocolate Pop-Tart. And it looks as horrible as I'm sure it is. Yeah, it sounds like it almost give you a heart attack. Almost covers all four food groups, which is candy, candy cane, candy corn, and syrup. syrup. Thank you, Cole. <laughs> all right, what else, Mickey? All right. Here, this has always been weird to me. In the Lindsay Lohan version of The Parent Trap... One of the ways the two girls bond and know they're twins is because they like peanut butter and Oreos together. Never tried it, hmm. but I don't think I want to. That does not sound very good to but me. But chocolate and peanut butter are great combinations, and that's I really agree. all it is. It's kind of like a crunchy uh, Reese's peanut butter cup. Maybe I should give it another chance, but I don't does know. That, also, does that work? Like, is that a thing where twins like the exact same foods? If you watched Three Identical Strangers, which is my favorite <gasps> documentary of all time. Yeah, that's interesting. that was a great Maybe movie. it does. I don't okay. know. All right, Cole. So mine, I it's one of those, it, they don't linger on it too much, but you see it and you're like, oh, I would never in a million years try that. This comes from another R-rated movie, so please take this uh, with caution. But uh, there's a scene in the film Wall Street where Charlie Sheen's character is starting to make a little more money, become a little more prosperous. And so he's starting to dine at fancy restaurants. And they bring him this really, to me, seems like this really pretentious dish, which (laughs) is they plop it right down in front of him. And you guys have probably heard of it it before, but it's uh, Bud's Famous Steak Tartar. And all it is is basically raw ground beef with a raw egg yolk on the top. Ugh, and uh, awful. Yeah, it's... Oh, but, but you know, there's some... Uh, there's onions, capers, pepper, Worcestershire sauce. You know, basically anything to mask it. sauce. Thank you. Uh, any, that's what we say in my house, though. <laughs> anything to mask the fact that you're eating raw egg and raw meat. Never, mm. I would never try it. Yeah, I mean, no I've things. tried the Rocky diet where you actually crack Ew. some... Or, or, Possibly, speaking of Beauty and the Beast, the Gaston diet, right? right? When I was allowed, I ate four dozen eggs just every morning to help me get large. And and I'll tell you, raw eggs, <laughs> not that appetizing. Yeah. And how is that working for you as far as getting large? Well, now that I'm a man, I eat five dozen eggs. <laughs> there you so. go. And I'm roughly the size of a barge. <laughs> I would agree with that goal. Okay. Kay. Here's something else that I would not want to eat. This is from the part in Mrs. Doubtfire when... He has to put his face first in the cake or the pie or whatever. <laughs> and then I think he's talking to the, is it the social worker? And the cream keeps dropping Ugh. in the tea. <laughs> and that, to me, looks disgusting. Oh, I think frosting, like if I was going to have coffee, I would 
put some frosting in it to what sweeten a, it up. What about from not the, someone's Not the face, face. frosting. Yeah. Maybe not the face. Maybe not in this day and age, we'll yeah. say, with COVID and everything. Cream pies have always seemed really, really good to me, but I've never had one that lives up to... Because, I mean, a pie fight is a staple of, mm-hmm. of oh, American yeah. comedy comedy. and TV yeah. and comedy. Some of my favorite scenes of all time are pie, si- are pie fights from movies. But I've never actually been able to have a tasty cream pie. Meringue, which kind of looks like... That kind of a pie. Absolutely amazing. Love it. But cream pies just never live up to it for me. You know, that would probably be on my bucket list is to have a pie fight before mm-hmm. I die. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of pie, I tried to think of a pie, you know, as I was trying to think of the best holiday foods, I tried to think of a pie that sounded really good. But instead, I could only think of a pie that would end up on my worst holiday foods idea. I don't really need to say much more than the pie from the movie The Help. <laughs> and uh, you guys can watch the movie. Go figure out what's Lots in of... that pie. But I would not want that pie not in a million years. Yeah, that's a good I, That one got Mickey. Yeah, that's maybe the first prize of not wanting to eat anything. Okay. Uh... Now that we uh, whetted your appetite and then... Uh, repulsed you by some of the worst foods that could end up on your holiday table. When we come back, we want to talk about some of the company that is around for the holidays and which movie characters we would want at our Thanksgiving dinner and which ones would not get an invite. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be In a world of pure imagination Take a look and you'll see into your imagination Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now... We invite you to relax, just pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. We hope that you are our guest here on the show today as we talk about the best foods from movies and the worst foods from movies. And now we are going to be talking about the best guests and some of the guests that will not be getting an invitation this Thanksgiving. And again, from the movies. Yeah, I talked about some uh, Beauty and the Beast food and animated food before we left, not knowing that one of the guests that Jeffrey wants to invite in is Jerry Orbach. Yeah, well, and it's more specifically Lumiere. Oh, let's okay. let's leave behind not the dirty Jer- dancing Jerry Orbach. Well, and not Law and Order Jerry Orbach gotcha, either. Gotcha. Lumiere. Uh, uh, Jerry Orbach, and this was a suggestion that was made by my wife. And again, maybe part of it has to do with the fact that, like, you just get to sit down and enjoy the ride, and somebody else does all of the cooking for you, right? And he's so happy to do it as well. 
And, you know, uh, it might be a little weird. I might have to get over the fact that there's a singing and dancing mm-hmm. candlestick preparing my food. But uh, if somebody else is doing it, you're not going to hear too many complaints from me. As long as the other guests aren't the guests from Clue and they're trying to club a candlestick over your head. Right. And as long totally as the fine. gray stuff is actually <laughs> delicious, then, you know, there's that. So he would certainly be a guest of mine. Um, if I wanted good company, somebody that could make for really good conversation – or at least be a fly on the wall that could narrate the Thanksgiving dinner for us, I got to go with Morgan Freeman from the Shawshank Redemption because I got to imagine that he could make our uh, Thanksgiving dinner sound amazing and really like poignant and uh, just really thought-provoking, you know? Everything's Hmm. so meaningful. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. But I think the best guest I could invite to my Thanksgiving dinner would be somebody that looks for the good in all of us and somehow he finds it, which is a quote from Paddington 2. And I wouldn't mind the Paddington from Paddington 1 or Paddington 2 because he's the same delightful Paddington in both movies. And really, yeah, it would just be great to have somebody there that shows genuine interest in you and just builds you up. And uh, I wouldn't ask Paddington to pass me the food because some of the stickier uh, items would probably stick to his fur. But I would certainly not mind having him at that dinner table. And he'd probably bring some marmalade. That's, oh, that's yeah. Not too bad either. I would try that. Those are some good guests. But every Thanksgiving, and I guess every family as well, has has that one guest that shows up and you kind of hope that they head out early. Right. Now, I asked my wife who she would not like to have at her Thanksgiving dinner from the movies. And Uncle Jerry's name comes up and just like, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 from the movies. Gotcha. And she said, I would not want Bob Wiley from What About Bob at my Thanksgiving dinner. She actually sympathizes with Richard Dreyfus's character, Dr. Leo Marvin, because she thinks that Bob Wiley is kind of annoying. And in particular, the dinner scene where he is just... He is vocalizing how good he thinks the dinner is by mm, 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 mm. while everybody else thinks he's funny and charming at the dinner table. It is like nails on a chalkboard for Richard Dreyfus's Dr. Leo Marvin. So it would either it'd be a toss up between him or Buddy the Elf from Elf, mainly for the dinner scene, because. The last thing I need with young children at my dinner table is somebody that is uh, behaving like a slob and burping as loudly and as long (laughs) as they possibly can. That's the last thing I need in front of my kids. Dinner etiquette is important at the Simpson House is what we just learned. Um, I have not seen this movie, let it be known, but I have seen scenes online because I was curious why this actor was nominated for an Oscar for this role. And he's been nominated for Best Supporting Actor so many times, has never won. One of these days he's he will because he's so good at being a creep or just making you feel really awkward and uncomfortable, which at a Thanksgiving dinner, an unideal Thanksgiving dinner, that seems like a good fit for Michael Shannon from the movie Revolutionary Road. He plays this guy who is just – I think he's got something that's wrong with him and he's brutally honest with people and can like break through the facade, the facade of their lives and just just tell them how it is and at a thanksgiving dinner when you you know you want to maybe reconcile uh with some of your family members 
or just avoid awkwardness, you wouldn't want Michael Shannon there. Michael, I wouldn't want Michael Shannon from The Shape of Water <laughs> in my Thanksgiving either, because the one thing I remember from that Academy Award winning film is that he sometimes neglects to wash his hands after he uses the restroom. That's right. Not very hygienic in these current oh times, goodness. in this current climate. Sorry, mm-hmm. Michael Shannon. The not last, the, invite. the last character I would not want there, uh, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, is Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. Is it the Blue Milk? No, Is it's it not. Because he only that. has one real hand. No, and it doesn't have anything to do with food, really, <laughs> but. You know, the older I get, the more I realize that Luke Skywalker is kind of a whiny, snivelly baby in Star Wars. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't want that around my Thanksgiving dinner table. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Luke. At least not Luke from Star Wars. Maybe maybe the more subdued uh, one with the force Luke from Return, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um yeah, and maybe even to an extent, the last Jedi. I might even I might even invite that Luke Skywalker, but certainly not the one from Star Wars. Green lightsaber, Luke, not blue lightsaber. Luke. Mm. There we go. Okay. Yeah, bring your green lightsaber to dinner. How about you, Mickey? Okay, here are some people I would want. I will be inviting to my okay. Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. The first is Her Royal Highness Clarice Rinaldi, the Queen of Genovia, from <gasps> the Princess Diaries. <laughs> I think the she fake would bring... country, Genovia. Okay. <laughs> it's real to me. Okay. It's real in my heart. Um, I think she would bring a royal procession and maybe even some of the famous pear ice cream for us to have in between courses. I'm so glad that we're talking about guests, but we still get to talk about food. <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I just think she'd have something interesting to say, right? She'd make for a good conversation. She's trained in the art of okay. conversation. All right. Yeah. So good. Clarice Rinaldi. Good. Now, uh, it wouldn't hurt either if she kind of broke out into Mary Poppins. Right. As well. I think I would take any iteration of Julie oh, Andrews sure. at my Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up, speaking of hobbits, like Cole was talking about earlier, I would want Bilbo Baggins at my Thanksgiving dinner mm. because he seems, at least at the beginning of The Hobbit, right? He's very orderly and neat. And he does get a little flustered when we have. So many people coming in unexpectedly, but this would be planned. He would know who was coming and what kind of food they needed, and he would be probably very happy to have my family with him, you I kn- think. You know that you would have enough food for seconds and thirds and elevensies. and Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Bilbo Baggins. Okay, my last person that I would want is Remy the rat from mm. Ratatouille. <laughs> really? And we would make the dinner together. Like, he would be on my head, like, pulling my hairs to make me know what to do to make the food. But his, to be clear, his little paws would not ever touch the food, right? No, no, no. Okay. He would wash his hands like everyone else. I think Good. he would, out of fairness, be able to sit at the table and eat the food. To be the, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. 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 And we would have that experience like when the food critic tastes the bite of the ratatouille. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that I mean, be amazing? Like has a flashback. <gasps> yeah. Yes. So that's why I would pick Remy. Okay. Who would you not want at your Thanksgiving okay. dinner table? Okay. Some people I would not want. Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada. Now, which one is that? Because I have That's not Meryl seen that Streep's movie. character. Oh, okay. Yes. And she is not a very nice lady. And she has high expectations and she's difficult to impress. So she'd probably, after you're done, we'd say, did you like it? And she'd just say, that's all. And then we would not know what she thought. That's all. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to watch this movie, you guys. You I've do. never seen The Devil That's Wears Prada. That's one of my favorite Classic. movies, so yeah. you need to watch it. Okay. Recommend it. And not invite Miranda Priestley to your <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah.
Okay. My next person I would not want is named Michael Myers. Oh. Um, which I think is fairly obvious. Um, I'm not sure I would make that Thanksgiving meal out alive. But he could bring the big carving knife. <laughs> he could. Right? He wouldn't want it there. And you know it would be sharp <laughs> enough to cut through the turkey. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Among other things. We would probably just call the police if he showed up. Good good plan. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. He's from the wrong holiday theme. Right. See, yeah. but exactly. anytime somebody shows up to your house wearing a mask these days, you don't bat an eye. Well, he's you're right. He's just being conscious of this current environment. There Maybe you go. Maybe I'll go to my Thanksgiving dinner dressed as Michael Myers <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> That's your mask. That's my mask. That's your mask. I'm there saying you this go. is for COVID. Okay, my last person I do not want at my Thanksgiving dinner is Edward Cullen. From Twilight. Ooh, And this is because he's a vampire, and so he doesn't eat human food. Okay. And so he would just stare at us while we ate our meal, and we would think it was kind of awkward, and we would want him to leave. You'd be salivating over the food. He'd be salivating over you. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And it would be awkward and just not not the kind of flow we want at our Thanksgiving dinner. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Cole, how about you? Who's invited to your Thanksgiving dinner? Well, we're each picking three kinds of people. And for my Thanksgiving and holiday experiences around my family and other families as well, I've noticed that there's normally three topics of conversation that come up. And so I want someone that can kind of tackle each one. Yeah. Right? And so first, because it is Thanksgiving, it is a day of football in my home. As I already mentioned, I start the day with the Lions and go throughout the day and you know, with naps and food in between, but mostly, you know, football and food. And so if there's one person I love hearing talk about sports uh, in the movies, it's Bob Euchre from Major League. He always just <laughs> and puts, Mr. Belvedere. puts the right spin on it, right? Like no matter how bad your team is doing – it was just a bit outside. Like, it, it's okay, <laughs> even when you're a fan of a losing team. And I've been a fan of a losing baseball team for my entire life. And so I think having Bob Euchre around uh, would be able to and, – and a sports commentator can just keep talking about it. The, the main thing is I want to keep the conversation flowing, and I think he'd be okay at it. Are you referring to the Pittsburgh Pirates? Th- that's my team that yeah. that rarely wins. Okay. Yeah. I You know, you could have also said Mr. Belvedere, and I would have known exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Next topic of conversation that tends to come up around the holidays, and especially maybe this year, is going to be politics. And so you want to be able to cover your bases, right? And if there's one person that has that, – that writes a good character uh, that can talk, right? I, I just sometimes want to hear – hear them speak, you know, sit around the table, it's going to be Aaron Sorkin. And so (laughs) I would like President Bartlett at my Thanksgiving dinner. If I had to pick a president from anything, you know, I mean, Abraham Lincoln from Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter or Lincoln or or anything else, he'd be a good choice or George Washington. But but I think President Bartlett would be a, a fantastic person right here because he's got the Sorkin dialogue behind him. The problem, Cole, though, is they wouldn't sit down. They would insist on doing the walk and talk and probably do the walk and eat and talk at the same time. Yeah. Well, as Thanksgiving's being prepared, right, the dinner, it's a lot of <laughs> chaos and he knows how to work in the West Wing oh, and he give would do instructions. So well if only there's like a presidential like trumpet soundtrack playing in the background that's super inspiring as you eat. Yes, yeah. as there would have to for be. For sure. Yeah. And then because I do this for a living, movies normally come up too. And I, I considered 
literally anyone Tarantino has ever written, right? So if I'm taking a Sorkin <laughs> character, I'm, I might want that too. But things always go wrong in a Tarantino movie, and I don't yep. want to deal with all of that at my yep. Thanksgiving. And so really you someone – turkey blood on, the, on your hands to begin <laughs> with. So yeah, yeah, don't need all the fake blood that comes with the other, the other parts of his movies. But if there's an, another character that obviously is versed in movies and can just keep talking without stopping, I would not have to worry about a single dull moment at Thanksgiving. It would be the genie. From Aladdin, because obviously he's he's watched Groucho Marx. He knows about Rodney Dangerfield. He he quotes them all, and that's that's what I want. You know, no awkward pauses at the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, and maybe when we're all done, I can make three wishes, and we can all go home. Whatever you do, though, Cole, do not give him a piece of pie. Like he's already hopped up on sugar. <laughs> it seems he as doesn't it need is. it. <laughs> yeah, does not need it. Okay. That's a solid list. I think uh, that would make for some really interesting conversation, some really interesting uh, companionship, and really people that could help you feel good at your Thanksgiving dinner, which is really what we all want to feel this Thanksgiving, especially this year. We want to have the happiest, most uplifting Thanksgiving that we can have, and we certainly wish that for everybody listening. We have been through it together this year. And really, one of the best ways that we can overlook some of the the harder things that have happened in 2020 is to reflect on the things that we're grateful for. And I'm grateful for the two of you. I'm grateful Aww. for the movies. I'm, I'm grateful for good food and for good companionship. And I'm really grateful for my family. And I can't wait to celebrate with them. Beautifully said. You're listening to Screen Cleaning. Will you stop that, please? That is Wonder Woman's new theme song. It's so, so perfect, so iconic. It's what DC needed in a new round of movies, and we've got a new round of DC news this week. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. Uh, It's this week in DC News. You can watch Wonder Woman 84 from your couch this Christmas. It's coming to HBO Max. That was this week in DC News. And also theaters where it's going to play. But it's Christmas. It's not going off of the 2020 calendar. It's staying here. Uh, it's not fleeing to 2021. It's not fleeing to the to the summer of next year when people hope that theaters will be open and they can make more money, certainly. It's, it's going to come out on Christmas Day, day and day release with streaming and... Um, and theaters where where it's safe and where it's available for you. And that's exciting news for movies, for theaters, for what we do. I'm curious, though, how these movies that have to pivot, how do they recoup their money? Oh, they don't. Yeah, so DC, I mean, this is monumental because Warner Brothers is certainly taking a hit with this. Okay. But they're giving it to us. Before 2020 is over. Because HBO is owned by Warner Brothers or the other way around, right? Like I think Turner is somewhere in that yeah, hierarchy so and power structure. I'm just wondering, yeah, like usually it's like, oh, we'll pivot and sell it to the streaming service. But since that's their streaming service, 
yeah, I don't, I don't see how they – maybe they're just banking the, the way they'll get their money back is people signing up for HBO Max to see it. They're going to have to cancel that whole seven-day free trial thing if that's what they intend to do. Maybe. Disney, It's not unprecedented. Disney, before Mulan came out, said – or and even before – I think it was another one of their movies this summer. They just said, hey, no more free trials right now. Made people sign up mm. to see the new thing. Warner Brothers might have to do that, get at least a month out of people to see this movie. But, uh, I mean, they will definitely be taking a hit versus what the box office could bring in a normal non-2020 year. Okay. You know, it's interesting because we really only have sequel news today. (laughs) Which, I mean, isn't too surprising in this day and age because you don't see too many original ideas out there. It's also streaming that we're focusing on, too. That's true. That's true because the next sequel that we're going to talk about coming to streaming services, coming the number two streaming services is coming the number two America, starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, and this is the sequel to coming to T.O. America. Good clarification. Yes, and a clever title for the sequel. So this one, I'm sure, would have been another movie that was going to the movie theaters, but will now be going straight to Amazon Prime March 2021. And you mentioned, like, how they recoup their losses. It's sold for a, a small fortune. Amazon Prime really wanted this, and they shelled out to be able to show it. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be a big hit. The Coming to America, the original, was a big hit when that came out. And really, you're seeing this reteaming that I think a lot of people are curious about Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy and giving them a chance again to bury themselves under layers of makeup and inhabit these different characters that they did so well in the original. So keep in mind, it's likely to be rated R just like the original was. But uh, some good news for, for some people out there that are fans. Okay. What about this? Stranger Things. I'm listening. Season four, right? Yes. Coming out, we're all excited. Yes. They've since added, I think his name is Robert England. Don't is that pretend correct? like you don't know I don't. the name <laughs> of the actor who plays Freddy, Freddy Krueger. I've never seen The Nightmare on Elm Street that yes. he's in. I've never oh, seen that. Oh, you're pretending. I, I'm not. I wish I was. <laughs> that is a fantastic casting choice. And, you know, it's... It's right in line with what they've been doing all along. You know, they've had these 80s icons. I mean, from Mm -hmm. the very beginning, it starred Winona Ryder. In the second season, they added Sean Astin. In the third season, they added Carrie Elwes. And in the fourth season, they're going to be adding Freddy Krueger. Very fitting. Anybody else that you can tell us about from the cast that uh, we have to look forward to? I just browsed through the names, and none of them were familiar to me except they, He Robert was the England. only 80s icon yeah. that we need to but talk about. But there are some, some new people, so let's get excited for Stranger Things And probably Things David four. Harbour. It's not exactly probably. a secret here. <laughs> oh, he was in the trailer for the, the teaser for season four, right. so there's no way they're going to kill off their best character. These Spoiler people, alert. It has been... Over a year now, because it was July of last year that the yeah. last one came. These kids are getting kind of older. Old. Yeah, yeah, they got like mid teens. They got to they got to hop Maybe to it. Teens. Yeah. They got to figure out a way around this COVID. I don't know about you guys, but ever since, uh, ever since COVID, I've been so much more aware of people in movies and television shows that are shaking hands and. I've been watching a season season of television where there's a kind of an awful lot of touching of other people's faces. 
And I, yeah, it just kind of sends a chill down my spine. Like, what are you doing? Don't you know? And then I realized like, oh, yeah, this was filmed way before everybody was worried about COVID and, and spreading that disease. But uh, I don't know. Does that bother you guys? Are you is it has it been ingrained in you now that like, don't touch me. Don't touch my hands. Don't touch my faces. No touching. No touching. <laughs> no touchy. No touchy. From uh, uh, Emperor's New Groove. I was going for Arrested Development. Also. There you go. No there touching. Go. Double reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of these were filmed before. And, and especially when you're talking about like a period piece from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's fine. So they, they won't have COVID for another 40 years. Those kids. <laughs> there you go. I don't know about you, Cole, but one thing I loved doing as a kid was uh, I wonder if it was TNT. It was either TNT or AMC where you could log, not log on. That was not a thing back in the day. You turn on your you television. would turn on your TV and you would join the in progress James Bond marathon where they would just show them all, Cole. And I would love I think back then I really loved catching the Roger Moore James Bond movies. And I will say to this day, I still think those are the most bonkers out there, like really Moonraker. I mean, oh, yeah. Um, But it got me thinking, what is one of my favorite James Bond movies that I might want to check out again this Thanksgiving? What would you say to that, Cole? Well, I've admitted before Thanksgiving is a day of football in my house, not necessarily James Bond. Another day of football is another holiday. New Year's Eve, they normally do a Twilight Zone marathon. Mm. Um, I normally only tune in right around midnight as it's turning over because football is done for the day and I need to sleep before there's more football tomorrow on oh, New Year's so Day. Oh, that's so sweet. You go but to like, sleep to the Twilight Zone? But yeah, we I went to sleep to the Twilight Zone <laughs> between like midnight and two uh, after we stayed up to watch the ball drop. Uh, but when it comes to James Bond, I certainly have an opinion, and it's on Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby. His only take on the classic character is still my favorite James Bond. That one to me, I had a, I had a, I had a unique experience watching it because I felt like I was watching a nightmare on screen. Because everything that happens, it's like, oh my gosh, that's my nightmare. You know, where I'm running from some, I'm running away from somebody, and I just, despite my best efforts, cannot get away from them. I'm I'm not kidding. Like the last half of the movie, they're chasing after James Bond, and it's just like one big chase after another. And uh, it's yeah, got what they call kinetic energy. No yeah, way. and then yeah. just like some of the shots where like he turns somebody over in bed, thinking that it's somebody, and it's somebody else, and they there's like this really creepy, scary shot, and it's it's a nightmarish movie to me. I would have to go with a movie that came up recently on TV, uh, which was Goldfinger. Which is funny because that's probably the only Sean Connery James Bond movie that I'll sit down and watch. Ooh. Whereas if so, it's if it's whoa, a Daniel Craig, I'll sit down and watch uh, several of those. If it's Roger Moore, those ones are just uh, wacky and fun enough that I would sit down and watch those. But Goldfinger is by far the best James Bond movie and his best James Bond movie. I mean, Lazenby is my favorite with Honor, Majesty's Secret Service. My next like three favorites are all Connery and then a Brosnan with... Golden Eye. Oh, Golden Eye is so is good. In my top five. That and is the only. Bros- Brosnan's Golden Eye is the only watchable Pierce Brosnan, Pierce, uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. The in world my is not enough? Nope. Uh, nope. All right. Nope. Golden Eye, that's it. And then, of course, one of the greatest video games to ever come out of, of course. a movie. So we might be able to stream a lot of those. I know a lot of them are on Amazon Prime or you can watch them elsewhere. But uh, we've got a series and a movie that we need to 
review, both of which come from Netflix. New to streaming, what people are watching right now is certainly uh, something that I got on board for and that I can highly recommend. It is The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. If you have been yearning for uh, a chess movie or TV limited oh series, I think is what it's called. If you have always wanted to see chess made exciting, this is the opportunity for you. I I personally loved it because I love chess and I love the, the era that they kind of put this into, but I kind of have a story behind my love of chess. When I think about the stuff from my childhood that I'm going to want to keep, like mementos that I'll remember, there's this little wooden chessboard that, that kind of folds in half and you can keep all the pieces inside yeah. of it that my dad and I would play all the time. And that is that is one of those things that I will imagine holding on to for the rest of my life and like passing down from generation to generation because my dad and I unsurprisingly i i'm like i'm a nerd in more than just the movie aspects the way that my parents would keep me quiet in church was my dad would have me do long division instead of like <laughs> playing tic-tac-toe or anything else that you can do with paper yeah and we played chess a lot too and that that's something i remember doing with my dad a lot as a kid and i, I remember learning the game that way this limited series takes us on a journey through seven episodes for a young girl learning chess as a small orphan uh, in in like a boarding school, boarding home kind of area, an orphanage, and and growing up, dealing with some issues in her adolescence, but then becoming like one of the greatest chess players of all time. It's a fictional hmm. story based on a fictional book, but it paints it in such a realistic way. It, it, the best way that I can describe the way that this series kind of presents itself to you is it's Mad Men, but instead of Don Draper being a middle-aged dude with like uh, that's into advertising it's a teenage girl that's into chess but it's all the same kind of like there's some substance abuse issues that come up content wise it technically has a tv ma rating but there's no explicit sexual content there's no nudity there's very very limited swearing like it could play on basic cable for for the kind of content that's in there but it's got kind of the same content that madman has it's got excessive drinking it's got like and it takes place in the 60s into the late 60s, uh, into the early 70s, mm. uh, as she's climbing the ranks of the chess world of that time. It's so beautifully shot. The costumes and the set design, literally, I mean, it, it, Mad Men is the only other thing that I've ever seen that is as beautifully 60s as this was. And I think this might even surpass it by a little bit. Wonderful, wonderful series. Interesting. Might be one to gather around the Thanksgiving table to watch together as a family. Yeah, each uh, se- <laughs> seven episodes, if you love chess and you got older, older kids, right? So, like, there is the sexual content and the drug abuse and that kind of stuff. So it's it's more for adults, even though it's about sure. this, this young girl. I was just – I was teasing you, Cole. And I, but I will say that – Gather around the chess board There you go. Everybody's talking about the chess. Queen's Gambit, though. And my parents called me up talking about how wonderful it was and – yeah, um, it's not one that we've been able to be in the right mood for, but one of these days we're going to get to it. I did sit my kids down the other night, and I didn't have to twist their arm very hard to say, you guys want to watch a movie on a Tuesday night, right? Yes. A school night. So we watched Jingle Jangle uh, on Netflix, and this is a movie that's been in the news quite a bit for – it's being celebrated for – for. Uh, being a movie about uh, or featuring so many people of color and not just African-Americans like the opening scene. You see people of Asian descent. You see people of Hispanic descent. And there are Caucasians in it as well. 
But uh, it is produced by African-Americans, made by African-Americans and starring African-Americans. One thing I did not know going into this movie is that it's a musical. And oh. I, it took me a little while to get into the music. I thought the first couple of musical numbers were a little uh, a little bland. But then there are some really show-stopping scenes as the movie goes along. And it's about this really popular toy maker a la, you know, if, you know, in the vein of a Willy Wonka, as you mentioned earlier in the program. And he's very generous and gives toys out to people. And he has this apprentice that he can't seem to make very much time for, which comes back to bite him because this toy maker steals his latest invention and runs off with all of his toy ideas as well which really sends this guy into a downward spiral, sends him into a depression. His wife passes away. His He becomes estranged from his daughter. Flash forward several decades, and you have a very quiet, solemn Forrest Whitaker whose toy shop has been converted into what is now basically a pawn shop. But uh, over the holiday break, his granddaughter, whom he's never met, comes to live with him, and the impact she has on him is just tremendous. And it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful holiday movie that you can enjoy, even though it's not technically about Christmas. It takes place around Christmas, but it really focuses on restoring relationships, restoring trust, and being uh, learning how to forgive. All good messages for your kids. My daughter had uh, a less than ideal reaction to this movie because she doesn't handle people being alone very well. And Forrest Whitaker's character was alone for several decades. But uh, other than that, there's nothing objection- objectionable in it. So two options to check out on Netflix. It always weirds me out when these Christmas movies come out before Thanksgiving. The the new Illumination Grinch did this a couple of years ago as well. So maybe after you finish the turkey, if you're not going to watch football, start getting into the Christmas mood with Jingle Jangle. There you go. Well, we would be remiss in our duties as uh, hosts of Screen Cleaning if we didn't bring you Panning for Good. There's good in them dire hills. You know, when we started out planning this episode, we thought, let's pick movie or let's pick uh, food and guests from Thanksgiving or Christmas movies. Then we realized we didn't want to get into Christmas movies too early, but there wasn't a huge sample size for Thanksgiving movies either. There's one (laughs) I can think of. (laughs) And it's such a good comedy just in general, let alone Thanksgiving movies. But it's planes, trains, and automobiles. And we don't usually recommend something in our Panning for Good segment that comes with a caveat, but this one certainly does. It is R, but it's R for one scene and for one word. Yes. Over and over and over. So what we recommend you doing, and if you're familiar at all with planes, trains, and automobiles, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You could either skip this 15. Seconds, or you could just watch it on TV where they would be highly bleeped out. But other than that, it's kind of a soft PG 13, in my opinion. Yep. And really, John Candy's character in this movie is so lovable and so heartwarming. You really feel for the guy. And he was an honorable mention at my Thanksgiving dinner because 
Not only is he a widower, but he's just the type of person that makes you feel better about yourself. And that's the type of person that you want to be around. Planes, trains, and automobiles, a great Thanksgiving movie, but just a great comedy in general. And then there's like one other Thanksgiving movie that you might need to be aware of where to find it this year. It's The Peanuts. It's Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. And as we prepare for, surely people are going to want to watch Charlie Brown's Christmas in a month as well. It's not going to be played on ABC or NBC or where where it normally is played on broadcast television. Um, it's going to be exclusive to Apple TV Plus. But for all of you that have just accidentally bought the new iPhone and didn't realize you got six months of Apple TV Plus for free with it, go on, activate that, <laughs> uh, bring it up on the iPad before you go to grandma's house or whatever, because you, you do have access to it probably. You just might need to work a little bit harder than usual. And before we end, it's also worth mentioning, we didn't review it today, but I'm sure we will uh, on a coming episode of Screen Cleaning. The Christmas Chronicles 2 is out today on Netflix. My kids were a huge fan of the first one, and I can't wait to see Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell together again as Santa and Mrs. Claus. We can't talk about, we'll have plenty of Christmas episodes to come in the coming month here on Screen Cleaning, but for right now, enjoy Thanksgiving until you finish the turkey or the roast beast or the the brontosaurus ribs or whatever it is you're having at your dinner. Happy Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. from us here at Screen Cleaning to you. And we want to invite you back next week when we'll be doing another version of our Screen Cleaning Hall of Fame, this time featuring yours truly and our very own Rod Gustafson. And that's up next week on Screen Cleaning. We're here each and every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Or just Google Screen Cleaning Podcast and download over 100 episodes of the very best in entertainment that we present to you here on BYU Radio. Until next time, I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon.